Welcome back to another episode on the Legacy Through Motherhood podcast. If you are a consistent listener and enjoy the content, I would absolutely love it if you could head over to iTunes and rate the podcast and leave a review. If you are new to this community, welcome and just hold tight. And I hope that these episodes just really speak to exactly where you are at in life and you find them helpful. So today is going to be an episode It's a little different. It's really just all about me um, and our family. This is the first one I've done like this, but if you have listened to other episodes or are in my Facebook community, you know kind of the big picture of our financial journey. Basically, we were in a lot of debt and couldn't make choices we wanted to make, like having me stay home to raise our children. Then one thing happened that kind of shook the entire thing up and we began our journey to financial freedom. Now, we own four rental properties and are on Dave Ramsey's babysat number six, which is the point where we are paying off our mortgage. And I know, you guys, that there are a lot of women and moms out there that just long to stay home, but logistically, like you just can't see that happening. And I know there are a lot of you that are at home and really desire to work, but childcare is just too much, so you feel stuck. And my desire was to transition home, but the point, obviously, is not for everyone to be a stay-at-home mom. It's really just to open up this vault of choices that you didn't have before. And maybe you have no desire to stay home, but I want you at least to have the option to stay home if you wanted it at some point, or God forbid something happened and it was needed for you to quit and stay home. I mean, if this global pandemic has taught us anything, you guys, it is to be ready for like absolutely anything. Because the issue is you may not have the option to stay home because you need your income, but you also maybe have no desire to stay home. So it's kind of a non-factor. It's no big deal. It's not something that you think about or at least a red flag does not raise like it would to someone who really desired with their whole heart to be home. You know, they, like I was, are super aware (laughs) that they don't have that choice to stay home because they want it and they cannot have it. But here's the thing. You don't either. Like just because you wouldn't choose that option right now doesn't mean that you shouldn't have that option. We got ourselves out of this trapped feeling of being forced to kind of live this life we didn't want to live because of the debt that we had. Now, you know, we've gotten our crap together and now we have choices. I could work or I could not work. We can take vacations when we want and how we want. We can give so much more, which is honestly the best part. And having these options there allow us to create the life that we want. And I am just so glad that we did the hard thing of getting out of debt for a while so that we could reap the benefits of it now. So I am going to talk through our journey to financial freedom because I can't speak for anyone else on how they did it. But I feel like there are some core anchors that would be in anyone's story. And I'm going to point them out as I go through our story. So I really hope that this serves you, it gives you a tangible example, Um, it motivates you and encourages you that this does not have to be like a decade-long process. Um, So here is kind of our story. And I'll tell you first our journey into debt (laughs) because I think it's important 
to see the progression and also that you know we're not just people that had like we had five thousand dollars in debt and we paid it off and here we are like that's not our story so my first debt ever was student loans I had a credit card before I went to college but I honestly opened it when I was like 17 years old to buy Justin some John Mayer tickets and then I paid that off and I don't think I ever used it again But then I went to college and the way that our family kind of worked it out was that I paid for a quarter, my mom paid for a quarter, and then I got a student loan for a quarter. And I think I came out of school with, I don't know, maybe like $25,000 in debt and I I went to be a teacher. Then I actually went back and started my master's and I took about $8,000 out like a freaking idiot. I didn't even need that much, but I was like, whatever, I'm going to like do my entire master's, so I'll at least need that much. But I didn't even finish my first semester of my master's because I actually had our first baby a week before the semester was over. So I just kind of stopped. I don't know. Stupid. Whatever. Um, And then Justin had around $30,000 of loans after graduating from Miami, but he got a job after he graduated that paid pretty good. And he put every single dime towards his loans and paid it off in a single year. So his loans were kind of a non-factor for us. And then once I got a job, we decided to buy a house. And I wanted a house (laughs) that our grandkids would walk up the driveway at. I wanted our forever home first. So we stretched ourselves to get there, you know, but we did it. And then naturally, you know, you have to furnish a house. So hello, credit cards for new couches and tables and, and whatever else. And then after that came new cars. I had grown up driving cars from an auction which are actually wonderful, wonderful cars. And I would recommend them 500 million percent to someone who is getting out of debt and needs a car. They are amazing, mainly reliable um, or mostly reliable. Like they've been amazing for us. But I wanted something new, right? Because I'm like, I have been driving auction cars my whole life. Okay, so I got a brand new, drove it off the lot with seven miles on it, Kia Optima. That was so smart, you guys. <laughs> actually, we got a great deal on it, so it actually wasn't as dumb of a decision as buying a new car typically is. Either way, hello, you know, 20-some thousand dollar car payment balance, whatever you want to call it. Up next was my husband. He got an Audi A6, which was his dream car. He had been driving a burgundy wagon. <laughs> for a while. So the upgrade for him was huge. And I will actually post a pic in our community group of those two cars Justin had next to one another. But the Audi was a 30,000 something dollar car. And then when you add on childcare expenses for two kids and the lack of self-control we had when it came to like eating out at Red Robin and Mexican and hello, right? And then all the other bills, like we just got in over our head really quickly. But the problem is twofold. It's the seemingly slow fade of our raising incomes, and then we kind of raised our bills to match that, and it's also the trap of we can afford the payment belief that trumps any and all logic you may have, (laughs) because there is truth in that. Like, we really could afford the payments, and not only could we afford the payments, we could also still tithe. We also still had money in savings, and our jobs were secure, so we weren't in a situation where we upgraded to fake, you know, some kind of lifestyle, and then we were falling behind on bills and behind on payments. Like, no, we, we felt like we were in the sweet spot, 
we had upgraded to a few nice things that we worked hard for and honestly spent a decent amount of our adult lives without. And so we kind of felt like we earned it or that I don't want to say that we deserved it. But I mean, I think that's kind of the attitude that we approached it with. And then after having our first baby, after having Noah, I started to kind of have the itch to be a stay-at-home mom, which honestly, I never thought that was going to be something that I wanted. And then we had our second and I started to like really want to be home. As a teacher, you know, like childcare took up the majority of my income, but I paid the insurance. So my job was valuable outside of just the income that I brought in. Then in 2015, the market... (laughs) The housing market was really good to sell and buy a house. And Justin and I decided to upgrade our house again. (laughs) The dream house we bought did not have a very open floor plan. It was not in a cul-de-sac and just, I don't know, among other things, Justin had gotten a raise and we thought like we might as well capitalize on the market and go get our actual dream house. (laughs) I'm sure you guys can already see how this is going to go. Basically, we found a house that we loved, but it was about $100,000 more than the house that we were currently in, but it like checked all the boxes. So we started the process and we sold our home and the house we wanted accepted our offer. We were very excited and we were in this 10-day inspection period for both houses when Justin actually got a job offer from another company. And the company that he was working at was a wonderful job and he loved it, but he was working nights, he was working weekends, super long days, you know. The money was really great, but it like the time that he had to spend away from home just wasn't ideal for raising a family, but it's kind of what we knew. But this other employer reached out to him and basically, I mean, the job seemed perfect. It was like Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 4. No more nights and no more weekends. We were like, yes, this is amazing. But the pay was significantly less. And we had just bought this new, very expensive house. Crap. (laughs) Justin was not able to take that job even though the schedule would have been amazing. He was not able to take that job because we could not afford him to take a pay cut with the new house we were under contract with. And then two to three days had passed and I started feeling super tired and super nauseous. (laughs) Mind you, I had a two-year-old and a six-month-old and that day I took a pregnancy test and it was positive. And I remember sitting in the kitchen table, just or at the kitchen table next to Justin and feeling so overwhelmed. <laughs> like we were so bummed that we weren't able to say yes to this job opportunity, you know? And now we were going to have to pay for three kids in daycare and I couldn't quit because now I was like for sure going to need my job. And as I was sitting there, We were both just kind of bummed, but my phone rang and it was my realtor and I just walked into the other room and I'm like, hello. (laughs) And she just said, Steph, I am so sorry to tell you this, but the buyers for your home just backed out because your floors aren't real wood. And she's like, I know, I know it's the smallest thing, like so stupid. I feel like they were just trying to look for a way to get out of this contract. And I guess that's just how they decided to do it. 
I mean, I literally started crying on the phone and I told her that that was like the best news that she could have ever called me to say. (laughs) And my realtor is my childhood best friend's mom. So I told her about the baby and everything. I mean, you guys, we dodged a freaking bullet with that house. Like I, I truly, like we passed that house actually, I mean, a couple times a week and the house that we were going to upgrade to. And I, like, we are constantly like, I feel like that was God just being like, you're an idiot. Like, I'm just going to save you from yourself because like you are too blind to see what the heck you're getting yourself into. Like, I'm going to put a big no here for this. Right. And so we still pass that house and we see it and we pass it and we're like, God, I can't believe we almost did that. Like what a stupid decision that would have made. And that would have just locked us into so much. Oh my God, I can't even talk about it. Anyways, a month or so went by and we got kind of settled back into our normal life at that house, at the house that we were in, where we felt comfortable and we were not, you know, too, like stretched too thin. And then one day, and this day was actually the catalyst that changed everything. We got a letter in the mail from Africa Fire Mission, which is a nonprofit that we support. And they were asking for $3,000 to ship a container to Africa. Now, this went to everybody. It wasn't just a letter to us. But I remember standing in my kitchen like it was yesterday. I looked at Justin and said, just, I want to be able to do this. Like, I want to be able to get this letter and have the ability to write a $3,000 check to something we really, really believe in. And I remember saying, I mean, like $3,000 is a chunk of change, right? But when you put it into perspective of us having almost $1,000 a month of car payments, like $3,000 isn't that much. I mean, we make good money, but for what? To like drive nice cars that sit in the parking lot most of the day? Or for us to have a house that we are literally never in because we have to work all of these crazy hours to pay for it? You know, we're paying a ton of money to a babysitter and I cannot be the one to raise our kids. Like what is going on? Like I feel like we just went through the motions of this American um, expectation, I guess. I don't even freaking know. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, we just woke up. Like, what, what is going on? And that day, everything changed. Justin actually ended up taking that job that paid less, but the hours were better. So we started to be able to spend more time as a family. We sold Justin's Audi. And by the way, we took a loss on it. Okay? A lot of people were like, oh, I, you know, I can't get as much out of this as I paid for it. Like I can't sell it. Yes, you can. You absolutely can. (laughs) I'm going to say that lovingly because I hear that excuse all the time, but my brand new Ford pickup, (laughs) you know, whatever. Um, we're not going to, I don't know what to tell you. Like it's possible. We sold his Audi and I think we paid three or four months of payments without having that car, but that debt was out from over top of us. Right. Um, And then Justin took my Kia and drove that. I saved up $3,000 and bought a minivan that had over $100,000 or 100,000 miles on it from my mother-in-law. Our car payments, you guys, dropped from almost $1,000 a month to about $300 a month because we still had our Kia. Um, So then I had our third baby in March of 2016 and I quit my job. I quit teaching to stay home. 
And after that, we put our house, my first dream house, on the market. Only this time, we bought a house that was about $80,000 less than that house and about a 1,000 square feet smaller. And people made comments because we had just had our third baby and we were downsizing everything, like selling cars. We sold our house. And I think it's important to remember, you guys, that at the front of this, like we were still comfortable and able to pay all of our payments without downsizing. But we were in so much debt, we had no choices. So we could make those payments, you guys. We could still go out to eat. We could still tithe. We still had a little bit in our savings to feel comfortable, but we had no choices. We just had to keep grinding the exact same way we were grinding forever. And it would have been fine, you know, but we had no margin and that was the issue. So that August, we moved into our smaller home with a significantly smaller mortgage, which was amazing. And we only had one car payment, and then we went to town on our debt snowball. Like, everything went into it. We paid down our credit card and started dumping payments towards Justin Kia. If Justin ever got a bonus, it went straight to the debt snowball. We did not see that money. If we got money back from our taxes, it went straight to our debt snowball. We did not see that money. Justin would get paid, and within 24 hours... We would have no money in the bank account. Why? (laughs) Because I was starting to tell every single dollar where to go. We had our cash on hand for like miscellaneous stuff, our our gas, our groceries. We paid our bills. And then every single thing left over went into our debt snowball. Everything. I went back to work actually for two years teaching online, trying to just see if I could kind of have the best of both worlds. Long story short, it was not. It's not fun to work from home with four babies. So whatever. But I did it. And basically, we lived off of Justin's income. And my income went straight to paying anything and everything off. It started to build our savings. It was back paying college funds for our children that we wanted to have for them. And then it started contributing towards retirement until we got to where we are now, which is debt free and paying down our mortgage. We have an awesome college fund for the boys. We are giving so much money right now, happily, and with open hands. It is just a totally different life, you guys. Like, we have bought four rental properties. Justin has since switched jobs after that company he worked for, laid off a ton of employees, and I quit teaching again, and I started my own business. We've started fostering children. Like, I have helped others get organized and get out of debt. I mean, it's just an entirely different way to live. And I wish, I really wish that I could just sit down and have a cup of coffee with each of you and just walk you through the exacts of everything we did um, and everything that you can do just from day one, because sometimes I think that roadmap is super helpful, but I am actually working on something for you that will include a little bit of that. So stay tuned for that. But for now, I think it's important to understand a few things during this process. Number one, I worked for about six more years than I really wanted to. I wanted to quit after I had Noah, but I stayed at that specific school for four more years. I also had no desire to work online, but I knew if I could make an income, 
I knew that we were already living off of Justin's income. So 100% of my income that I could make would go towards our debt and then our savings and then just catapult us <laughs> to that next level quicker. So I just pushed what I wanted in the now, you know, which was just to be home aside because I knew, I knew how close we were. And I wanted to work harder to feel that freedom sooner rather than work slow and steady and gain it in five years or however long it would have taken. Second, I consumed myself, you guys, with financial literacy stuff. Like I binged Dave Ramsey's show on my commutes to and from work um, or just I had his podcast in my ears as I did the dishes and the laundry and I read his books. I led a financial peace university class at our church. I had multiple conversations with my mom um, who had went through Dave Ramsey's plan. Like I immersed myself in that way of thinking, in that culture, um, because it, because money, as you know, is very emotional. And, you know, I think we all know how to get out of debt, spend less than you make. But there's more to that, right? Because it's a mindset issue. So I just consumed myself with financial literacy stuff. And then three, we also told everyone, like we told everybody, hey, we're like trying to get out of debt here. <laughs> People were aware. Uh, we still did things like we had a lot of game nights, but they were at home. You know, I started cooking more. We ate out less. Like, and that was our big, that was our big issue is that we would just, it's not like we'd go run through McDonald's. It was like, we'd sit down through Red Robin and, you know, bigger restaurants where we were spending, dropping a pretty penny every time we went. We just started saying no to ourselves a million times over. We would go on like a one to two week spending freeze if I felt like we were getting a little less disciplined than we really needed to be. And that that spending freeze did one of two things. Number one, it got us like back on track if we were starting to drift. But number two, it would also jump us ahead just even a little bit because you guys know, like we can nickel and dime ourselves. It's typically not the huge purchases that put us, well, it is the huge purchases that put us under like the houses and the cars. But I mean, it's, it's not, um, you know, we don't randomly just randomly go and spend $500 on something. It's the $20 here, $30 here, $17 here, $40 here. Like that's where we get ourselves in trouble as far as credit cards and other types of debt go, right? Um, number four, I took complete charge of our money. I've actually always been in charge of our money, but I mean, I just like zoned in. And Justin was totally on board. He knew the plan. We would have like monthly meetings or whatever you want to call it. And we both had the same goal. And he just let me run with it. Like he worked, I gave him money, I took money, and that was that. Like it was, we need one person steering the ship. <laughs> and, you know, we both could have done it, but I like to do it. And so he's like, fine, go for it. Uh, and this is not like a deprivation, you know. I feel like when people are, uh, when people do this, it's like, oh, you gave your husband money? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I sure did. And he was on board with it. And I gave myself money. Like it's not like an allowance or this deprivation or this controlling thing. And it's not a time to be a princess or a prince, as Dave Ramsey says, and just throw a daggone fit. Like what? I don't, I get $5 a week, like a freaking kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you do. Like not $5, but this is the time to humble yourself and make the hard choices to get back on your feet. Dave Ramsey says, children do what feels good and adults make a plan and stick with it. 
So after however many years of being quote-unquote children, so to speak, with our money, we decided to be adults together. So here's what I want to leave you with. I get a lot of women who say they want to stay home, and then I tell them how we did it, (laughs) and the conversation ends. Like, listen, this is your life. Like, you can do the slow grind, or you can do the extreme, or whatever, like we did, but we went crazy in debt to having no debt, a big savings, colleges funded for our children, retirement stacked, and our giving being our highest payment each month, even over our mortgage at this point, in just two and a half to three years. So if you would ask me if I would do it again the way that we did it, I would say a hundred times yes. And here's the thing. Our house is smaller and not as like nice, I guess, as our other house. But you guys, my kids run up and down these hallways just like they did in our other house. We all still snuggle up on the exact same couch for a family movie night, just like we did in the other house. Our older cars still get us to and from the places that we need to get to, just like our newer cars did. Our dog still plays in our backyard in this house, just like she did at our old house. Our neighbors in this house are just as special and amazing as they were in our old house. Like, we thought we were giving our family the best when we upgraded to these really nice things, when in reality, we just gave them stress-out parents that worked all the time. And hear me, there's nothing wrong with having a nicer house or even a nicer car or whatever. We are actually looking to move within the next year to, you know, just a different house. But this time, it's made with, like, clarity. It's made with... Um, some financial sense. <laughs> it's it's not like, let's just see if we can sneak into this house somehow and then we'll figure out how to pay it off. No, like there's a plan so that this house is a blessing and not a burden like the other one was. So it's less about how nice or not nice a house is. It's more about your approach. And if this house or big purchase has been thought through, Um, if it's a financially sound decision and it's something that will truly, like I just said, bless your family and not burden it. Because now as we kind of gear up to buy this house, now it's a different story. Like part of leaving a legacy you want to leave for your children is by doing the hard thing as an adult and letting them see that. Showing them that it's okay to come to a screeching halt and pivot. Even when that means we all have to freaking sacrifice something and say no to things that we want for a season. There is no freedom, you guys, like having financial freedom. Finances touch everything, everything in your life, and it's so emotional. I mean, outside of the freedom we receive in Christ, the tangible and intangible freedom of owning your finances instead of the other way around is one of the very best things I have ever experienced in this life. So if you are where I was at, let me just encourage you by saying that you are already enough right where you are. A lot of times we struggle with finances because of some experience we had in the past and honestly it can be good or bad. So give yourself some grace, but also know that it's time to come to a halt and pivot. That letter is what led us to stop in our tracks and 
with my mother and stepfather's guidance because they had just gotten debt free using Dave Ramsey's strategies, we were able to just start putting one foot in front of the other and then we started to pick up some momentum little by little until we were finally free. <laughs> and you guys, feel free to reach out to me via Facebook or Instagram and DM me. I know there's already, gosh, I don't know, 10 or 15 of you that I'm actively talking with. Um, and just ask like any specific questions you have. We're completely open about the experience and the journey. If you just have some questions or you want to know how to get organized, let me know. And I am not a financial advisor in any way, <laughs> but I have been through so much and I do have a lot of insight that I would love to just share with you. And this entire week on Instagram, I'm going to be posting about all things finances. So head there for some encouragement. It's legacy underscore through underscore motherhood. And you are the hero of your own story, girl. Like I'm just here to be a guide. I have also done some live trainings in the Facebook community group that I have for podcast listeners. And so I will put the link in the show notes. And so you can head over there if you would like to watch. And like I just said, the link to all of these groups, plus some book recommendations for you and a link to a free guide I made you just to get yourself organized before you even start the process of getting out of debt is going to be in the show notes for this episode. And I really hope that my story just encourages you that even if you are in way over your head, <laughs> that it does not have to be decades and decades before your life is different. It can be a couple years. I mean, obviously, depending on how much debt you are in and what route you're willing to take and how fast you're willing to get super focused and intentional. But whatever path you choose, I am over here cheering you on, sister, and we will continue to walk together and I will help you find your grit while completely covering you in grace. Join me next week as we circle back around to the topic of faith and this episode I'm very excited about is called They Just Need You, Your Life, Your Mission Field and it's just about loving the people God put in front of you um, and it's not super fancy, but it is what's needed. And I have a story I wanted to share with you guys that really humbled me and kind of put me in my place and really helped me realize the truth of this and just God's providence in everything that he does, the people he surrounds us with, with the communities that we are part of. And I'm just really excited to share it with you. Mm -hmm.